Book 7, Chapter 7 of History of the Reformation in the Sixteenth Century, Volume 2, by Jean-Henri Mel d'Aubigné, translated by Henry Beveridge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 7 The second of April had arrived, and Luther behoved to take leave of his friends after writing a note to langer to intimate that he would spend the following thursday or friday at erfurt he bade adieu to his colleagues turning to melancthon he said to him in a tone which betrayed emotion if i do not return and my enemies put me to death o oh, my brother cease not to teach and remain firm in the truth labour in my stead since i shall not be able to labour any longer for myself if you live it matters little though i perish then committing himself to the hand of him who is faithful and true luther took his seat and quitted wittemberg the town council had provided him with a modest carriage with a cloth covering which might be put on or off at pleasure the imperial herald clad in his insignia and wearing the imperial eagle was on horseback in front followed by his servant next followed luther schurf amsdorf and suaven in their carriage the friends of the gospel the citizens of wittemberg in deep emotion were invoking god and shedding tears such was luther's departure he soon observed that the hearts of those whom he met were filled with gloomy forebodings at leipzig no honour was paid to him he only received the usual present of wine at naumburg he met a priest probably j langer a man of stern zeal who carefully preserved in his study the portrait of the famous jerome savonarola of ferrara who was burned at florence in fourteen hundred ninety eight by order of pope alexander the sixth as a martyr to liberty and morality as well as a confessor of evangelical truth having taken the portrait of the italian martyr the priest came up to luther and held out the portrait to him without speaking luther understood what the dumb figure intimated but his intrepid soul remained firm it is satan said he who by these terrors would fain prevent a confession of the truth from being made in the assembly of the princes because he foresees the blow which this will give to his kingdom adhere firmly to the truth which thou hast perceived said then the priest to him gravely and thy god will also adhere firmly to thee having spent the night at naumburg where the burgomaster had hospitably entertained him luther arrived next evening at weimar he was scarcely a moment there when he heard loud cries in all directions they were publishing his condemnation look said the herald to him he looked and his astonished eyes beheld imperial messengers traversing the town and posting up the imperial edict which ordered his writings to be laid before the magistrates luther had no doubt that these harsh measures were exhibited beforehand to deter him from coming that he might afterwards be condemned for having refused to appear well doctor will you go on said the imperial herald to him in alarm yes replied luther though put under interdict in every town i will go on 
I confide in the emperor's safe conduct. At Weimar, Luther had an audience of the elector's brother, Duke John, who was then residing there. The prince invited him to preach. He consented, and from his heart, now under deep emotion, came forth the words of life. John Voigt, the friend of Frederick Myconius, a Franciscan monk, heard him, and, being converted to evangelical doctrine, quitted the convent two years after. At a later period he became professor of theology at Wittenberg. The duke gave Luther the money necessary for his journey. From Weimar the reformer proceeded to Erfurt. It was the town of his youth, and he hoped to see his friend Langer, provided, as he had written him, he could enter the town without danger. He was still three or four leagues off, near the village of Nora, when he saw a troop of horsemen appear in the distance. Were they friends, or were they enemies? Shortly, Crotus, the rector of the university, Eobanus Hesse, Melanchthon's friend, whom Luther called the king of poets, Eurychius Chorus, John Draco, and others, to the number of forty, members of the Senate, the University, and the Municipality, all on horseback, saluted him with acclamation. A multitude of the inhabitants of Erfurt covered the road, and gave loud expression to their joy. All were eager to see the mighty man who had ventured to declare war against the Pope. A young man of twenty-eight, named Justus Jonas, had got the start of the party. Jonas, after studying law at Erfurt, had been appointed rector of the university in 1519. Illumined by the evangelical light which then radiated in all directions, he felt desirous to become a theologian. "'I believe,' wrote Erasmus to him, that God has elected you as an instrument to spread the glory of his son Jesus. All Jonas's thoughts were turned to Wittenberg and Luther. Some years before, when only a student of law, being of an active, enterprising spirit, he had set out on foot, accompanied by some friends, and, in order to reach Erasmus, then at Brussels, had traversed forests infested by robbers and towns ravaged by the plague. Will he not now confront other dangers in order to accompany the reformer to Worms? He earnestly begged the favour, and Luther consented. Thus met these two doctors who were to labour through life in the renovation of the church. Divine providence gathered around Luther men destined to be the light of Germany, the Melanchthons, the Amsdorfs, the Bugenhagens, the Jonases. On his return from Worms, Jonas was appointed provost of the Church of Wittenberg and doctor in theology. Jonas, said Luther, is a man whose life would deserve to be purchased at a large price in order to detain him on the earth. No preacher ever surpassed him in the gift of captivating his hearers. Pomeranus is an expositor, said Melanchthon, and I am a dialectician. Jonas is an orator. The words flow from his lips with surpassing grace, and his eloquence is overpowering. But Luther is beyond us all. It seems that nearly about the same time a companion of Luther's childhood, one of his brothers, joined the escort. The deputation turned their steeds, 
and horsemen and footmen surrounding luther's carriage entered the town of erfurt at the gate in the squares and streets where the poor monk had so often begged his bread the crowd of spectators was immense luther dismounted at the augustine convent where the gospel had consoled his heart langer received him with joy usingen and some of the more aged fathers showed great coolness there was a general desire to hear him preach and though he was interdicted from doing it the herald himself could not resist the desire and consented sunday after easter the augustine church at erfurt was crowded that friar who formerly opened the doors and swept the church mounted the pulpit and having opened the bible read these words peace be with you and when he had so said he showed them his hands and his side john chapter twenty verses nineteen and twenty all the philosophers doctors and writers said he have exerted themselves to show how man may obtain eternal life and have not succeeded i will now tell you this has in all ages been the great question accordingly luther's hearers redoubled their attention there are two kinds of works continued the reformer works foreign to ourselves these are good works and our own works these are of little value one builds a church another goes on a pilgrimage to st james or st peter a third fasts prays takes the cowl walks barefoot a fourth does something else all these works are nothing and will perish for our own works have no efficacy in them but i am now going to tell you what is the genuine work god raised a man again from the dead even the lord jesus christ that he might crush death destroy sin and shut the gates of hell such is the work of salvation the devil thought that he had the lord in his power when he saw him between the two thieves suffering the most ignominious martyrdom cursed of god and men but the divinity displayed its power and annihilated sin death and hell christ has vanquished this is the grand news and we are saved by his work not by our own the pope gives a very different account but i maintain that the holy mother of god herself was saved neither by her virginity nor maternity neither by her purity nor her works but solely by means of faith and by the works of god while luther was speaking a sudden noise was heard one of the galleries gave a crack and seemed as if it were going to give way under the pressure of the crowd some rushed out and others sat still terror-struck the orator stopped for a moment and then stretching out his hand exclaimed with a loud voice fear nothing there is no danger the devil is seeking in this way to prevent me from proclaiming the gospel but he shall not succeed at these words those who were running out stopped astonished and riveted to the spot the assembly calmed and luther without troubling himself with the attempts of the devil continued you will perhaps say to me you tell us a great deal about faith tell us also how we can obtain it yes well i will tell you our lord jesus christ says peace be with you behold my hands in other words 
behold o man it is i i alone who have taken away thy sin and ransomed thee and now thou hast peace saith the lord i did not eat the fruit of the tree resumed luther neither did you eat it but we received the sin which adam has transmitted to us and are guilty of it in like manner i did not suffer on the cross nor did you suffer on it but christ suffered for us we are justified by the work of god and not by our own i am saith the lord thy righteousness and thy redemption let us believe the gospel let us believe st paul and not the letters and decretals of the popes luther after having preached faith as the means of the sinner's justification preaches works as the consequence and evidence of salvation since god has saved us continued he let us so order our works that he may take pleasure in them art thou rich let thy wealth be useful to the poor art thou poor let thy service be useful to the rich if thy toil is useful only to thyself the service which thou pretendest to render to god is mere falsehood there is not a word in the sermon on luther himself no allusion to the circumstances in which he is placed nothing on worms on charles or the nuncios he preaches christ and christ only at this moment when the world has its eyes upon him he is not in the least occupied with himself and herein is the mark of a genuine servant of god luther set out from erfurt and passed through gotha where he again preached myconius adds that at the moment when the people were coming out from the sermon the devil detached from the pediment of the church some stones which had not budged for two centuries the doctor slept in the convent of the benedictines at reinhardsbrunn and thence proceeded to eisenach where he felt indisposed amsdorf jonas schurf and all his friends were alarmed he was bled and the greatest possible attention was paid him even the schultheß of the town john oswald hastened to him with a cordial luther after drinking it fell asleep and was thereby so far recovered that he was able to proceed on the following day whenever he passed the people flocked to see him his journey was a kind of triumphal procession deep interest was felt in beholding the intrepid man who was on the way to offer his head to the emperor and the empire an immense concourse surrounded him ah said some of them to him there are so many cardinals and so many bishops at worms they will burn you they will reduce your body to ashes as was done with that of john huss but nothing terrified the monk were they to make a fire said he that would extend from worms to wittemberg and reach even to the sky i would walk across it in the name of the lord i would appear before them i would walk into the jaws of this behemoth and break his teeth and confess the lord jesus christ one day when just going into an inn and while the crowd were as usual pressing around him an officer came up to him and said are you the man who undertakes to reform the papacy how will you succeed yes replied luther i am the man i confide in almighty god whose word and command i have before me the officer affected gave him a milder look and said 
dear friend there is something in what you say i am the servant of charles but your master is greater than mine he will aid you and guard you such was the impression which luther produced even his enemies were struck at the sight of the multitudes that thronged around him though they have painted the journey in different colours at length the doctor arrived at frankfurt on sunday the fourteenth of april news of luther's advance had reached worms the friends of the pope had thought he would not obey the summons of the emperor albert cardinal archbishop of mentz would have given anything to stop him by the way and new schemes were set on foot for this purpose luther on his arrival at frankfurt took some repose and then announced his approach to spalatin who was at worms with the elector it is the only letter which he wrote during his journey i am getting on says he though satan has striven to stop me on the way by sickness from eisenach to this i have never been without a feeling of languor and am still completely worn out i learn that charles has published an edict to frighten me but christ lives and we shall enter worms in spite of all the barriers of hell and all the powers of the air therefore make ready my lodging the next day luther visited the learned school of william nessa a celebrated geographer of that time be diligent said he to the scholars in the reading of the scriptures and the investigation of truth then placing his right hand on the head of one of the children and his left on another he pronounced a blessing on the whole school while luther blessed the young he was also the hope of the old catherine of holzhausen a widow advanced in years and serving god went to him and said my father and mother told me that god would raise up a man who should oppose the papal vanities and save the word of god i hope you are that man and i wish you for your work the grace and the holy spirit of god these were by no means the sentiments universally entertained at frankfurt john cochleus dean of the church of notre dame was one of those most devoted to the roman church on seeing luther pass through frankfurt on his way to worms he could not suppress his fears he thought the church was in want of devoted defenders and scarcely had luther quitted the town than cochleus set out in his track ready as he says to give his life in defence of the honour of the church there was great alarm in the camp of the pope's friends the heresiarch was at hand every day every hour brought him nearer worms if he entered all was perhaps lost the archbishop albert the confessor glapio and all the politicians about the emperor felt uneasy how can the arrival of this monk be prevented it is impossible to carry him off for he has the emperor's safe conduct stratagem alone can arrest him these intriguers immediately arranged the following plan the emperor's confessor and his high chamberlain paul of amsdorf quit worms in great haste and proceed about ten leagues distant to the castle of ebenburg the residence of francis de seckingen the knight who had offered luther an asylum Busser, a young dominican chaplain to the elector palatine who had been gained to the evangelical doctrine at the heidelberg discussion had then taken refuge in this hotel of the just 
the knight who had no great knowledge of the affairs of religion was easily imposed upon while the disposition of the palatine chaplain favoured the designs of the confessor in fact Bucer was inclined to pacific measures distinguishing between fundamental and secondary points he thought he might sacrifice the latter to unity and peace the chamberlain and the confessor begin their attack they give seckingen and Bucer to understand that it is all over with luther if he goes to worms they assure him that the emperor is ready to send certain learned men to ebenberg there to confer with the doctor under your charge say they to the knight the two parties will be placed we are at one with luther on all essential points say they to Bucer. only some secondary points remain and as to these you will be mediator the knight and the chaplain are shaken the confessor and chamberlain continue the invitation addressed to luther must come from you say they to seckingen and let Bucer be the bearer of it everything was arranged according to their wish let luther only be credulous enough to come to ebenberg his safe conduct will soon expire and then who will be able to defend him luther had arrived at oppenheim his safe conduct was available only for three days longer he sees a troop of horsemen approaching and soon recognizes at their head the Bucer with whom he had such intimate conference at heidelberg these horsemen belong to francis of seckingen said Bucer to him after the first expressions of friendship he sends me to conduct you to his strong castle the emperor's confessor is desirous of a conference with you his influence over charles is unbounded everything may be arranged but beware of aleander jonas amsdorf and schurf knew not what to think Bucer insisted but luther hesitated not i continue my journey was his answer to Bucer, and if the emperor's confessor has anything to say to me he will find me at worms i go where i am called meanwhile spalatin himself began to be troubled and afraid surrounded at worms by the enemies of the reformation he heard them saying that no respect should be paid to the safe conduct of a heretic he became alarmed for his friend and at the moment when the latter was approaching the town a messenger presented himself and said to him on the part of the chaplain don't enter worms this from his best friend the elector's confidant spalatin himself luther unmoved turns his eye on the messenger and replies go and tell your master that were there as many devils in worms as there are tiles upon the roofs i would enter never perhaps was luther so grand the envoy returned to worms with his extraordinary message i was then intrepid said luther a few days before his death i feared nothing god can give man such boldness i know not if at present i would have as much liberty and joy when the cause is good as his disciple mathesius the heart expands giving courage and energy to evangelists and soldiers end of book seven chapter seven